Hello and welcome to another Review and Roast Presents. I am your host, Scott. You can find me on Twitter at XOrsonX. And I'm here with Julie from hey. Greenbrier Games, who you can find on Twitter at... Julie underscore GBGINC. Really? Greenbrier Games Incorporated. That's pretty sweet. Thanks. That's not what I follow you under, but we'll oh, keep hey. that a secret. Well, secretive. Hey. Okay, so today... Um, uh, I'm, I'm sure everyone out there is super duper aware because Greenbrier is awesome and they are the ones uh, who put out Folklore, uh, The Affliction. And, uh, That's right. This When did this come out? Folklore, The Affliction, uh, in retail, it just came out. Like, it just, just happened. So, I mean, it's been, um, it's been known for the past four years. Uh, we did that, kick, we did a Kickstarter. I, it, um... It was a beast, and so it took quite a while to actually get to the Kickstarter backers, and then we did a second Kickstarter for the retail and some of the expansion stuff. So uh, that has now released, and now we're in retail. I'm assuming everyone has heard of this. So uh, we're actually, uh, we've been MIA for a few weeks now because Mike and I have opened up a gaming slash coffee shop in downtown Tinley Park. So for any of you that are in the area, um, come on down. It's pretty fantastic here. 17258. Um, I'm kind of bummed that you uh, can't see me on the podcast because I did bring my, I am wearing my coffee and cupcakes dress to go with. The, the opening of the store and your podcast. I I totally coordinated, but you know. But if they go to, what did I say it was? D12. I told you it was D12 Gaming. It's actually D12 Cafe it on is. Twitter. It's D12 Cafe. And I did retweet your picture. So if you go to uh, D12 Cafe at Twitter, or on Twitter, you will see the storefront. You will see Julie standing there with a big gigantic smile on her face <laughs> because she's tasted the amazing coffee because we do serve dark matter coffee so for all you chicago fans um you're familiar with that so anywho we are going to get back to greenbrier and folklore so why don't you uh run us through about what the folk- game is about sure so for for those of you not in the know um folklore the affliction is a game that think of it as a Tabletop RPG, and what I mean about that is, if you took uh, old school D and D, that kind of feel of it being about vampires and werewolves and kind of a gothic storyline um, in a quasi-European Renaissance. I like to call it like more like Renfair Renaissance time period, um, full of uh, your traditional monsters, not high fantasy, no like wizards that have crazy amazing powers or dragons yet, but like more of that gothic story. Um, you are in that kind of a world and you are playing characters uh, that are already preset for you so that instead of rolling a character and developing it, you can sit down and pull it out of the box and start playing right away. That is the whole point of it, to cut down all of that prep time because you know, if you love RPGs, D&D, Pathfinder, anything like that, that's awesome, that's amazing. You can still play it um, and it's more of a palate cleanser. But for those people who want to play but don't have the time, are kind of intimidated by that, think it's too much of a time drain, this is the kind of thing that you would love because you can sit down, open it up. There's tons of cool stuff. There's tons of content. 
but it's still really easy to get into and not feel completely overwhelmed when you sit down and play, which was the whole point of making the game. Yeah, I remember a few years back, because unlike a lot of other nerds out there, I didn't grow up playing D&D. So we all, uh, towards the tail end of fourth edition, we're like, yeah, let's all, let's, you know, we had a group of like six of us. Mm-hmm. We got together, we all picked our like names and our classes and our races. And uh, from there, none of us have ever played. So we couldn't figure out how to do a character sheet. We kind of all just got frustrated. Oh, you played the setting up the game game. Yeah. And it, it went <laughs> terribly. And we never actually played. Right. So that's you know where I, you know a few of the other games filled in the holes there but this game is another one that is going to I, I can't wait to start playing it but i do want to know so let's say i buy the game yeah. and my friends start playing yeah does is the story does it carry on after is, each so game is, or are they so all is separate? there a story arc well in the core game there loosely is a you can play it as an arc you don't have to um they are loosely affiliated as in these are episodic things that probably happen to the same character over a period of time, more as an introduction. So that first story, and let me explain that. In the game, there are six stories. So each story is a complete arc in and of itself. All of them you know, have ties to the next story, but it's not a full overarching story arc. Um, so think of it as those six stories being, if you were watching a TV show, and that first season kind of introduced you, but it doesn't give you some um, major evil or that overarching story arc that gets you the big th- finale at the end type of thing. It's, it's more of an episodic kind of okay. thing. So each of those stories has two or three chapters, and you can break those up so that you have mini story arcs. The first story is a tutorial in and of itself. So it is set up to be open it up, pull out uh, the character sheets, Pick a character. They already have set information. And then you read a you know flavor text, gets you into the world, and then it stops and says, here's a little tutorial snippet. Go to, you know, here's bullet points to walk you through it really quick. But if you need more, go to this page in the rule book, and this will explain it. And you just do that piece, which is picking out the characters. Mm-hmm. And then you read more, and then it's, okay, here's a skirmish. This is the breakdown of bullet points. How does a skirmish work? If you need more details... Here it is in the rule book. So it lets you go through, immediately play, and stop along the way and get the rules information you need as you're playing it rather than sit there and feel like you need to front end read a ton of information, feel overwhelmed to be like, well, that was fun. I'm going to put this away forever. Like, it's, it's really, we really wanted people to immediately be able to put it down and start playing. So when I start playing this and I pick my character I'm not stuck with that character now through the whole thing. No, I'm, I? well, in fact, um, you can, yes, you can always uh, change out characters, start with a new one, start at a base level. We're actually working on the ability to, instead of having to start at the very beginning um, every time so that you start with an easy story, that we are working on having, I'm getting ahead of myself, but uh, we have plans. So one of the things we've worked on that we are 80% done, we're going to do some play testing to finish it, is actually a, kind of a mini game where in the world you can um, homestead. You know, you buy a house, yeah. you settle down. Um, the whole point of doing that is it lets you do a lot of the uh, fun side quest kind of things built in but it also allows you to uh, form a guild, in which case 
the characters under one type of, like, so a healer, you get to retain some of their abilities. So if you are tired of that particular character, but you want to pick another healer, you don't start at level one, as it were, again. Um, so that's more of an advanced play. You know, a lot of people don't mind starting and doing the adventures from the first story again. But even at that, we have, so we have the six stories in the first, in the core game. We have an additional nine stories in the Dark Tales expansion. We have the, uh, the book that was just released as well. Um, and then we have PDFs. So we have plenty of stuff that's free, downloadable, if you just want to try a new adventure. We have an adventure creation kit if you want to make your own. There's, there's plenty. There's plenty for, so even if you wanted to start at the beginning again, you could start with an easy story that's not the tutorial beginning story and get your character leveled up before going on to harder adventures. So let's say you want to sit down and just jump into a harder one. Is there like you start your character and instead of being level one, he starts at level five and you have like a list of abilities to choose from type no, of thing? Or? So there's, so it's, it's a lot more simplified than that. So no, you're going to hmm. have to level up, but it's pretty easy to, to level up. Okay. So each of the characters has their own, instead of having multiple, multiple classes, you have two different focuses, but they can okay. as character classes. So if you're a healer, you're going to have one of those two focuses. And then there's a deck of cards that gives you those. So you're leveling up based on your purchasing cards. Okay. So your abilities. So technically, yeah, you could probably just say, you know what? I'm at two cards of a bit worth of abilities and I'm going to randomly select them. So those are the things I've leveled up so that I'm a level three. So yes, you could in fact do that. Okay. That's <laughs> see, here's the deal. Uh, Julie is here today to demo this game for us, and we haven't done it yet, so I still have lots of questions. Um, <laughs> I was, I thought well, we might kind of getting down this in the nitty and the gritty, which I really like. It's yeah. like, you know, instead of an an overview, it's it is it is augmentable that way. You have you know items decks, artifact decks, um, the the de so everything is done, and all of these are in place of having a GM. Yes. So your book, your decks, uh, the road and off road events, the rumor cards. All of these are things that you can do and add. So instead of having um, writing it down pencil and paper, which we still have that ability, you have that in the back, you can just uh, photocopy if you want that. You have, you have decks that allow you to keep track of everything. So as you gain items or lose them, find companions who are your sidekicks um, or use them as meat shields. Sorry guys, um, <laughs> it's a totally a thing. Um, you're, you're, you're shuffling them back into the deck or gaining them into your hand. So a lot of the things that you can do, including your abilities, are whether it's a, um, and, and also there are certain things like, uh, depending on the character, some of them are uh, kind of like arcane lore, kind of like if you are more of a researcher, you gain abilities based on things that you've read uh, versus somebody who's more of a man or woman of action will get far more weaponry and and things like that. So it is definitely stylistically what cards you get, which help you level up or, and so, so yes, in fact, a lot of that has to do with that. Are the cards random or do you get to like look through the deck and pick what you want? Or is it like a mishmash of both maybe? Bit of both. Uh, so for example, um, we're going to play a, a story that I created specifically for demo purposes. So it doesn't ruin any of the six stories in the core oh, game. Okay. That's neat. Like and uh, I'm not going to re – like, it's not a real spoiler because you meet him right up at the beginning, but you recruit a soldier. Um, 
And so the soldier is a character, specifically it says you recruit the militia companion soldier. So he's part of the story. When he's part of the story, that means there's probably, instead of using, you probably don't want to use him as a meat shield because there's probably consequences if he's not around at that plot point Mm -hmm. when he becomes necessary. Right. Um, So it kind of, but again, much like a a TV series, when somebody's introduced, you kind of know they have to stick around for something that's going to happen later in the Mm storyline. It's not giving it a big, you know, there's no real big giveaway at that point. You don't know what. And that's kind of the fun of it because we are pretty mercurial about being every single choice you have to make, whether it's actually a help or a hinder. So you, the, the, the adorable little waif on the side of the road <laughs> who holds up their tiny little grubby hand and says, please, sir, I'm so hungry. May I have some food? Maybe that helps you later on. Maybe, you know, that, that child was actually... You know, uh, the long lost child of the local mayor who now has the strength to find their way home and you're rewarded. Or maybe that just gave them the initiative to like the food and the strength to go to the evil villain and warn them of your coming. And now they have the initiative and an attack later on. You don't know. I don't I don't don't, don't give that away. This is where the problems come in, because uh, when I finally did get to start playing D&D, my my dungeon master was the kind of guy that you know after you kill everybody he leaves one guy alive that you can question and we had one guy alive and he was like okay uh he's begging mercy for his life what do you do and the one guy starts to like inquire whereas i just threw a fireball and killed him because mm-hmm. that's you know that's more fun that's how you roll it's more fun um so there's there's that uh i will say everybody gets turns being the leader in the game i like that so that means that often the uh, choice condition will tell you whether it's a group decision or the leader's decision. Um, Sometimes it's based on a role, so you're going to want to pick the person who has specific skill sets to do the rolling. Um, It really, like, it's it's very, it's a lot harder for somebody to just randomly be like, I do this! And because there is no GM, you all have to agree, and the leader at that time has the final say. So maybe if you're more impulsive and you're the leader, yes, you will get to be like, hey, no, we're doing this. But that's going to come back to haunt you when somebody else in the group is the leader. So now does it, so you said roll a dice, so that I assume like certain characters have modifiers for the dice. Absolutely. Right? Okay. So there's, like like there's different, um, you know, different skill checks in there. I mean, none of it, the, the names are slightly different than other uh, RPGs, but none of them are going to be completely like how they feel. So, right, yeah. you know, there's going to be something that's more of a, uh, charisma type checks, one that's more of a physical ability type check, one that's more of an intelligence type check. Um, and people, depending on their character, um, will tend to lean towards certain ones. Because it is gothic, there's also ones like the occult check. Okay, I like so that. So it is, it definitely has a, it's, it has a bent, you know, it focuses on that feel of that world, of a gothic type world. So since we're moving in that direction, can we get a rundown of the characters slash classes that are in this game? Sure. In the core game, we have, let's see. So we have uh, the Arcanist, who is so somebody who has studied, uh, you know, uh, hieroglyphs from ancient Greece versus the runes of, 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 the, of the Northlands. Um, who has book understanding, but not necessarily physical abilities. Uh, you have the Avenging Madman, who's a tank, 
Um, he's pretty, exactly like he sounds. He's he's going on raw adrenaline and rage and no real forethought of any of his choices. Uh, in fact, when you're in town, if there is an inn and you decide to try to go to the inn, the Ma- Avenging Man Man always has to do a roll to see whether or not he starts a bar fight. <laughs> that's just built in. Uh, that's, like that's who he is. Um, you have the uh, the witch hunter who is a uh, an archer, in effect. Uh, he is one of the characters I've actually written a short story about. He I enjoy him because he has a lot of layers. Um, clearly, something terrible happened in his past, so he has. Um, he actually has this very much love-hate relationship of the occult in general because something must have happened, so he's against anything occult, even though several of the characters have occult abilities and you need them to... So he's he's more of a purist and has to kind of um, deal with that. So as a character, playing him out is very interesting. Um, he's also the one that was most interesting for me to write short stories. So there's actually a short story that we released that's not a campaign or anything, just a short story about about him last Christmas. So we try to, to do things like that and flesh out some of the characters. Um, there is, let's see, who else do we have? We have, oh, there is the, uh, what do I want to say? Not a priest, but someone of a holy cleric. order, a cleric um, type who... <laughs> Is, is more, so he's also got some healing abilities. You have your telepath, so she um, she's my favorite. She's uh, really difficult to keep alive at the beginning. She doesn't have a lot of powers, and then as you level up, she can kill you with her brain. Um, so it's a class you don't get a lot of access to in these types of games, so mm-hmm. that's, that's kind of awesome. She's, um, but, but a challenge to play. Of she's course, definitely, she should be. Yeah. You, need her, you need her with the Avenging Master. Guaranteed, right. that's who Mike And picks. a healer, right. Um, and then we have, who did I miss? I missed somebody. Yep. Not off the top of my head. We'll, <laughs> we'll have to have that in later. That's, <laughs> we'll talk about it later. Right. We had one other character. Um, so as you can see, like there's, there's a feel of your basic, uh, you know, range weapon, melee weapon, uh, but, but in that goth feel. Yeah. Um, and then in the expansion, the Dark Tales expansion, which will come out next month you have um, a new range so you have a vampire slayer you have uh, a woodsman you have a butcher you have so so more of the local farms townsfolk who who, who join the ranks that's, feel to that's awesome okay um, I mean I don't want to go too much into detail on the stories <laughs> everything well that's sounds... the hard part because you don't want to yeah but you, yeah, just to get a feel, like I said, you, you get flavor text that everybody can take turns reading, or if you have one particular person in your group who you prefer doing the narration, you can do that. But then at some point, you come to a decision. Whoever's the leader will be the person who kind of spearheads that. But the decision-making can be, it can be a conversation. It can be a dice roll based on a skill check. There might be a combat. Um, there's two different types of combat. Combat is either an abstract dice roll, a s- abstract dice roll like a skirmish, um, to speed along the narrative, or it's a put down a play mat, put down your standees or miniatures if you choose to purchase those, um, and the the different uh, terrain and and whatever you find there. There's a map 
inside each story that will tell you how to set it up and then resolve it. So it can be something as simple as, hey, you're walking from point A to point B and there are all these undead that seem to be immobile. Don't wake them up. Or, hey, there's a giant boss fight going on. Ready, go. Um, so it, it has the range. And the fun thing being, a lot of the choices you make along the way will augment how the map is set up. So maybe that little kid warned them in advance. And now the boss gets the first hit, and it's in darkness. Let's hope you brought a torch. Is there going to be custom dice? Uh, there is not custom dice. Uh, I, I know. <laughs> I, I've tricked out my own personal copy, so I have custom dice, but yeah, that's, yeah. you know. As, as most people should. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was something that we looked, we looked at. It was just, there were so many things, and we, um, we ended up focusing more on the side of uh, the plastic, all the minis. So, you know, like I said, in the base game, you can get standees, and there's a lot of different standees, and with a lot of great art. But also, if you get the miniatures, we have so many miniatures. Which So if you're a minis collector, it's kind of cool because you can just get the miniatures without the game if that's what you want. Um, I, I know who you missed. Who did I miss? Maybe. The Exorcist? Oh, no. The Exorcist was the, the priest. The priest. So the archaeologist. The archaeologist. Okay. So that's what I said. I said arcanist. That's why I messed it up. Because the archaeologist is the one I was describing. And the arcanist. Is the seeker of lost knowledge. Yep. Yep. The Arcanist has um, a lot of occult abilities. Um, I also would like to say the telepath can like go into the world of the dead. Which, Jesus. by the way, that's something we didn't get into. If you die, you don't actually die. You can play as a ghost. Wait, for real? Yeah. yeah. Um, only if everybody dies do you have to like reset at a, a wow. certain point. So because somebody can resurrect you, I would assume. Sure can. Um, okay. So priests can resurrect you. What if the priest is the one that's dead? You. Yep. You can go, uh, yep, the traveling folk can resurrect you. Oh, okay. Um, and so, you know, if everybody dies, you end up taking a, um, a permanent mark against you because uh, you have all traveled to the other side. So death follows you wherever you go. But uh, you can still play as your character, or you can retire them and start afresh. So just to uh, clarify here, people... Um I'm on the Greenbrier website, and I'm on the folklore page, and I'm going through the different you know description features, and there's a download section with she wasn't getting a shit ton of PDFs in here, so. Oh yeah, you can. I holy mean, we, cow! We give you access <laughs> to just about everything. Even how to fix bent miniatures, you're not going to get that kind of customer service anywhere. Oh, and I guarantee Mike's not going to follow this painting guide, but I guarantee the next time you're here, they'll all be painted in our demo. That would be amazing. That's. Did I, he show you the ones he painted already? He has not shown me the ones he's painted. Remind me when we're done here. You're going to... I gonna... love that. We actually have... Um, if anybody is interested, we have a Facebook page. So it's uh, um, a Folklore the Affliction or Fans of Folklore the Affliction Facebook page. Um, I don't run it. It was started by a fan. But we're up to almost 2,000 people. And I live for... I mean, I get tagged sometimes to answer questions for rules and things like that. Uh, but mostly I live for watching seeing the painted miniatures that are on the page. So many people way more talented than me. How do, how do <laughs> you have so many painted miniatures on there? When I mean, the game's been out for five minutes. Well, like I said, there was the, kicks, it's the, the, oh, the, the original Kickstarter guys, backers yeah. were the ones yep. that started it. But even at that, I've got people who um, 
have had it for a half a minute and are like, here I go. And like, I've already like busted out. It's, it's insane. Um, Makes sense. Like I said, way more talented than me. Okay. Um, is there anything else you want to mention about folklore before we switch gears a little bit? Cause I hear a lot of commotion and I don't want to be back here all day. Nope. Totally fair. Um, I, I think we covered quite a bit and it's available in, in stores. In our store. In your store. D12, you D12 Cafe. And, that's right. <laughs> Get some coffee. We'll teach you how to play first. That way you don't uh, spend your money if you don't want to. You know. There you go. That's how it works. That's how it works. So um, when you first got here, I don't remember what I was doing, but I came back to the table and you had a box uh, for another game that you said is currently on Kickstarter. I want to hear all about this game. Because this we did play, but... It, it immediately caught my eye because I have started reading these comics years ago. So, so Mystery Surviving the Nightmare World is a mashup of the two um, IPs that writer Dirk Manning has created. Um, Tales of Mystery and Nightmare World are two uh, series set in the same universe. They're horror comics and... Um, they are based on the premise of what if all those uh, scary stories that we tell ourselves from all different cultures and all different walks of life, from you know uh, religious type of things to scary movies, slasher films, all of it. What if it was all real? And he started this like 15 years ago. Uh, his first one came out, and it started as a web comic, a web series. Um, he did not know that. Yeah, he was. He is like the godfather of, of web comics, I think. Like people thought he was crazy releasing them to like for free on online. Uh, but clearly it gained ga- gained traction because so Nightmare World is already a, a set series. Um, he released them in books of thirteen short stories each, or and each of the stories is a unique uh, little snippet of terrifying uh nightmarish uh so there's four of them so 52 stories total and it's done uh what's fun about them is they jump from place to place in the world and from time period to time period but you can go through and clearly he outlined the whole thing out in advance (laughs) um it's crazy Uh, he says he's only half crazy i think he's full crazy because i've gone through of course now i look crazy because i've now read them so many times that i've now i can tell you like what's connected to what um and at some point he was like we just need to film you with like all the papers like all the all the pages tear torn out and like pasted across a wall with the with the string (laughs) attached and muttering to yourself because you're that girl at this point i was like i sure am um so that was nightmare world and then Miss Tales of Mr. Ree is Mr. Ree is a character who is uh, he's a wizard, he's a magician, uh, low level, nothing special, kind of a film noir feel, who lives in this world. So he's in the same universe, but it's a linear story about what happens to him in a very pivotal moment of the nightmare world time period, which is referenced in the other series as well, as are many of the characters. They kind of cross over. Um, so we created a game based on these properties, which is super near and dear to my heart. So Folklore, I've spent a ton of time doing writing for. I was not one of the game creators. I've taken on, you know, I'm ha- I love working in that world, but uh, Mystery Surviving the Nightmare World is, is my baby. 
it's my project. It's my terrifying little demon child that um, I'm pretty excited about. So it's one that a mm, year and a half ago, uh, I at that point had been reading the comics and was had met Dirk several times. And we had that, like, I don't know, I guess because this is what I do for a living, inevitably we get the whole, like, so what would blank look like as a game? I get it all the time. It's my fun party trick, apparently. <laughs> um, so I started talking about if I were to make a game based on this, what it would look like. And he really liked what I had to say about it because my whole thought process was it's a horror story. So even though there are heroes or anti-heroes fighting against the demons and the monsters and the vampires, there's never a, like, it's not like a comic, superhero comic where there's at least like there are moments, even if it's hard and you, you go back to the devastating losses, Batman always gets a win every once in a while, even if the Joker comes back later and, and then there's a counter yeah. strike. There's a clear moment of like, you know, standing on the top of the giant skyscraper with the, with the light, the bat signal in the background and his cape whipping around him that you're like, yeah, he did it. Like, there's none of that. There's none of that in Tales of Mystery or Nightmare World. There's always just this like sickening dread of oh god what's going to happen to this poor person and and it gives you all the feels and it's not like always um gory or slasher or gross it's more of a thriller it's an ongoing thriller so there are still highs and lows and i wanted that feeling so that's what we did um we made a game where it's a one versus many where the many are the villains and the one is the hero and the the hero never gets a clear win but the villains also are trying to, it's a semi-co-op for them because, yeah, they're trying to help each other in the three days of terror that happen in the story. Um, They're collaborators, colleagues, but each one of them wants the biggest piece of the pie. So they're still jockeying to be the winner. They're villains. That's kind of what you do. They do their villainy thing. The hero is simply trying to keep the innocence out of harm's way as best they can. That's what they're trying to do. They're not going straight up against like you're not going to defeat Cthulhu you're not it's Cthulhu it doesn't matter you're not going to defeat him he's Cthulhu it doesn't matter he rises from the depths of the ocean and and just you know is one of the great elder gods he's not you don't just be like hey you I'm going to punch you and you're done like it just doesn't happen so it's not about fighting defeating Cthulhu it's about keeping the the other innocents from succumbing to Cthulhu's uh Reign of Terror? Reign of right, Becoming insane. Yeah. Like that's, that's, it's about keeping the vampires from draining people dry at nighttime. It's, yep. that's, that's what it's about. So I really wanted that feel, and that's what the game is. Well, that's what I like. Well, this, like I said, we, we kind of played it. Uh, I didn't know we were only going to play two rounds out of the six. So which sad. Super so disappointed sad. me because <laughs> I was doing really well, and what I had in my hand was even better. Uh, but anywho... Uh, it, you're right, and it has that, like you said, like the villains, the, you kind of have to play nice together, but you kind of don't want to because you got to win. But what I like the most is, like you said, the winner, uh, the, the good guys, the, you don't win. You're just trying to survive, which, you know, is just perfect. You know what I mean? Like, you don't win, you just don't lose either. Right. You know what I mean? Which is so great. So the fun part of the game isn't about, per se, the win condition. The fun part of the game is... Even though your choices are pretty simple, you know, as a villain, you're putting out minions. 
to take mm-hmm. out to either kill the innocents or collect them for your higher ups purposes um as a hero you're trying to move the you know use your skill sets of either fight charm or magic to keep the innocents from getting hurt by the minions or collected by the minions super simple not not tons of of mechanically choice wise what makes it interesting is what am i who where am i what location am i playing at is that going to affect other villains? Is that going to help me? Is that going to hurt me? As a hero, can I play this villain against the other villain? So you are really, really playing against the other players. It is super interconnected with the other people that you're playing with. And then looking at your cards and saying, okay, when I play them, can I stack them? How can I stack them? It's that kind of deck builder-y feel without being a deck builder game. Right, exactly. Um, of, can I chain this? Is my hand good for a reveal at a certain point. Do I want to hold on to this card or do I really need to play it now to prevent somebody else from getting a clear super advantage? So it's it's that interaction with the other players. So I love any game where you're playing the other players and this really promotes playing yeah. the other players. Because your, your plan is never going to work <laughs> the way right. you want it to. But but that was, I don't <clears throat> want it to, you can't gain, like it's really hard to gang up on any one person. So it's really hard to feel like, wow, Everybody's just being mean to me. Yeah. I hate you all. Um, but it's <laughs> also... Right. <laughs> it's really hard to do that, but it's also just... Like, it is. It promotes the interaction of all the game players in a pretty antagonistic without being super mean kind of feel. And that was that was a, that is exactly what I wanted to get, and I really feel like, uh, you know, without, <laughs> without patting myself on the back too much, we really worked on getting that feel, and I feel like it's, it's pretty successful. All right. Um, Although Josh Sprung was the designer and I was the developer, so as much as I, um, I, I had a big hand in it, Joshua Sprung was our designer on the project, who is pretty fantastic. He also designed Yashima for us way back in the day. I don't have that either. You don't. I don't think so. Oh, it's so it's uh, it's a miniatures combat game where you're de- where you use your deck. So you use your deck as your life. Hmm. And as your fight ability and as your magic ability. So you can use it one of three ways. So I guess you're going to have to bring that next time you come. Sure. Can totally do that. Well, let's get back uh, really quick because I know we're not that we're on a time limit here, but, you know, we could go all night. I'd rather uh, get playing folklore here in a minute. Yeah. So Mystery is on Kickstarter right now. It's on Kickstarter until November 1st. Uh, Do you want to run through some of the stretchy stuff? Yes, so we have the base game, uh, which is a $40 pledge, uh, so it comes with all the components and all the stuff. We have a collector's edition, which is going to come with the limited edition, uh, so I, we don't say Kickstarter exclusive because any extras will be sold through our web store, um, and of course, retailers who back. So we don't say Kickstarter exclusive because... There will be some in the wild, but we'll only order the amount that's been basically ordered through Kickstarter, and then it's done. Um, So that comes with a Mr. Re miniature and an exclusive or limited edition comic that will only be in that. That is a, and all of it is unique art from the same artists who worked on the two series, also worked on the game. So it's all unique art that wasn't seen in the comic. Um, And then the comics itself is a. Uh, it re uh, introducing all of the characters fr- 
from the nightmare world and mystery and why they would all be there during the three days of darkness. So it's unique, a unique story that Dirk wrote for the Kickstarter itself. And then a slipcover with unique art from Mariana Piscata, who did art for Mr. Ree and uh, Nightmare World, and has done some other really cool stuff as of late with Dirk, uh, pairing up with him to do the uh, Twisted comic, um, Haunted Hyons, which uh, is a totally different story. But anyway, she's super talented. So yeah, that's, uh, and then I believe you can also get um, a level that gets you the first comic of each of the series, so that if you wanted to get a taste of, of what those comic, what the world is like, you get uh, the 13, uh, the, the Nightmare World, which is the fir- first 13 comics, and then Mystery, which, so they're not like four-page comics, they're... Actual comics. They're actual, yeah, yeah they're, they're graphic novels. Um, so the first two, and the collectors, and I think there's, oh yes, and there's also the uh, level where you can uh, have a game night with Dirk himself. Ooh. Which he's um he, he's like uh he's he brings he brings the party. <laughs> I don't know how else he's like he's like a a pro wrestling heel from like like he's he's a Muppet, he's like his own crazy madman MC of villainy and fun. Um so Either Josh or I will be there to actually make sure that the rules of the game are, are, are clear. <laughs> and then Dirk's there for the pure entertainment value. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I've actually... Uh, anyone who's ever been to any artist alley, probably in the U.S., you've probably seen Dirk hanging out there. Uh, he's obviously the reason I purchased uh, the Mr. Reed comics, because I got them from, at the time, unfortunately, probably Wizard World, which I don't go to anymore because I think it's terrible. But... Uh, no, he's a really awesome dude, and uh, Mr. Reed, the stories that I have read were really good. I have more I need to get, but we'll get, I'll get those eventually. They're really good, but also just, yeah, he <coughs> himself is am- amazingly entertaining uh, as a human. Um, and to your point, if, you, if you've ever gone to any major comic book convention and you go to Artist Alley, uh, so for New York Comic Con, we were there, and he's got table... H8, so he brings, he's embracing the hate. <laughs> and he's always wearing a suit. Black suit, he's like over six foot tall, hair is black, slicked back, he is can't miss him. Distinct. Yes, very much so. Um, and he has like this low baritone like it, like everything about him screams like I am I am a villain. And it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, he plays into it. Um, he loves it. He embraces the hate, but also in real life, uh, you know, like, so he does this and this is his, um, and he never breaks kayfabe if if we're, if we're going with a a wrestling heel analogy, but you know, a little kid comes up to the table and he's like the first to like get down and, you know, get down on their level so they don't feel like they're actually scared and all of like, he's, he's such a good dude. So, um, and he'll be at ACE, uh, the ACE convention here in Chicago this upcoming weekend, uh, at the Navy Pier. Nice. So he'll be around. And uh, he and Dan Doherty, who I know you have some of Dan's stuff here in the store as well, mm-hmm. um, will both be there. And then they will both be doing a uh, karaoke battle afterwards. Dan was actually supposed... He's he's going to get his own little section here. Uh, but he was supposed to come in uh, to yeah, he was supposed bring to be us here some tonight. stuff. And yeah, he's he's been MIA since we opened the doors. Before we opened the doors, he came in. 
twice, I think. And now the doors are open, and he hasn't well, been we, back. So we had the same flight on the way back from New York Comic Con. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, I'll be there Wednesday. Uh-huh. He's probably out there right now. We're back here talking shit. I know. <laughs> that would be amazing. But I am super-duper <laughs> prepared because I have my challenge coin. <gasps> mine? Oh, shoot. Uh-oh. Oh, you better hope he's not here. Oh, shoot. I think I... No, no, I have it in my wallet. I totally have mine as well. Well, I did because the last time he was here, I was talking shit, and he pulled his out, and I'm like, damn it. No, I have mine as well. Good thing is, I just give him free coffee, so it's, I didn't have to buy him anything. Totally fair. All right, so... Uh, yeah, if you want to uh, do the folklore thing, come on into D12. We'll teach you how to play it, and then you can buy your copy. Yay. Or uh, go to uh, greenbriargames.com. Yep. Right? There you go. Let me make sure. That's all you would know. You Greenbriar. Yes, you can. Oh, I'm on the Kickstarter right now. Greenbriargames.com. Greenbriar, B-R-I-E-R, games.com. Yes. Yes. And uh, also, uh, definitely check out the uh, the Kickstarter for the... The mystery. I'm just gonna keep saying mystery because I don't remember yeah, the rest mystery, of it. Yeah, mystery surviving. It's okay. Surviving the nightmare. If you world. say mystery game Kickstarter, it'll come up. That's how I found it. Yeah. Well, actually, well, now that this, uh, well, once this podcast is out, there's gonna we're gonna do a whole thing, and we're gonna we have thousands upon thousands of followers that we're gonna share this how to. So uh, we we will help you get this backed. I promise. Solid. That's awesome. So, is there anything else that you would like to bring up, mention, plug, talk about in the next 30 uh, seconds? Super, super quick. Uh, other games that we have that you have also mentioned yep. that you are excited about. Uh, Barbarian Battlegrounds. Uh, bear being little bears, like teddy bears. So, it's a pun. It's, uh, it's our game that came out this past summer that has also been very popular. Um, it's a dice worker placement so you roll your dice and then you use them as resources so it's not whoever has the the higher dice necessarily um and it's got really cute art and it's a really fun theme but it's we like to call it cute but stabby (coughs) yep because we don't do anything that's actually completely friendly we're greenbrier games we're we're not nice um (laughs) that's how it should be there's always got you um, always got to think about your decisions right but it is an eight plus player game so it is easy enough for a kid to learn um, but has enough strategy that it is definitely got some depth to it. Yeah, I literally um, knew nothing about it. I just thought the box looked amazing. It's adorable, right? <laughs> yeah, so cute. Um, but no, it's it's cute but stabby, um, and it's it's gotten a lot of uh, high praise uh, from various circles, and we should play that at some point. I would love uh, to. Of Dreams and Shadows is our game that if folklore is our RPG on the box. Uh, of Dreams and Shadows is more like your MMO in a box. So that's another one that I think uh, is really actually quite fun to play and really does evoke that feeling of being in an MMO without um, Without a monthly fee. Without a monthly fee. And (laughs) and you can pick up and pay pretty quickly. Um, And has a lot of similar characteristics of folklore of being narrative driven and you pick a character and they all have different classes. But a totally different feel of gameplay style, as as different as playing a pencil and paper RPG is to playing an MMO. So it has that totally different feel while still having a very similar um, thematic feel to it. Um, so that one I'm pretty excited about. Me too. My uh, brother bought it. He just hasn't brought it in. You know. Well, you know. I'll, I, apparently, I'm coming back so that I have can play all the other games that you haven't uh, played yeah, yet. You pretty much have to. All right, fair. Um, 
<laughs> what else we got? What else we got? Oh, um, and then look for, I'm sure here, <laughs> no peer pressure at all, but uh, Champions of Hara and Helios Expanse that will be coming out next year. Oh, of course. Uh, Champions of Hara. So Walter and Ian designed Barbarian Battlegrounds, also designed Champions of Hara, and it's amazing. I'm, I, I'll, we'll talk about it in a future time, but it's a miniatures combat. There is a PvP, and then there's a co-op version, and they're fantastic. It is gorgeous and well thought out, and and really like, as medium weight as it is, it's so beautiful to play, intuitive and um, polished, like super polished. Um, but I'd like to get into that like at a later date. Because, no, no, absolutely. Because we're, um, it's it's coming <coughs> next year, and Helios Expanse also will be coming next year. That one is a forex game that you can play in under an hour, and I do mean under an hour, like closer to thirty minutes. Which, I I I, I know that like a lot of games say that, and then you're like two hours later, you're <coughs> like, uh huh. I genuinely mean under an hour for three to five players. I like it. Yeah, those games are key. When yep. you're, you know, waiting for that last person to show up, you need something uh, 30, 40 minutes. Yeah, it's the, it's the kind of game where I can teach you how to play it in five minutes. I can teach you how to play the whole game in five minutes. And then playing it, it's that 4X feeling of, like, making your choices. Mm-hmm. So, okay. so that's, that's one that's coming out next year that we're really excited about as well. So that's it. Okay, I'm done. I'm going to stop now. Alrighty then. Well then, uh, that was uh, Julie from Greenbrier. You know me as always, and you can find me on Twitter at XSourceNext. You can find our Facebook at Facebook.com slash Review and Roast or Facebook.com slash D12 Cafe, I assume. I actually don't know the URL yet. Uh, if you're ever in downtown Tinley or you want to come out, we're right in the heart of downtown Tinley, 17258 Oak Park Avenue. Uh, come in, get some Dark Matter coffee and some board games. And uh, don't forget to check out Greenbrier and Folklore and the Tales of Mystery Surviving the Nightmare World on Kickstarter. And, uh, yeah, we'll probably be talking to Julie quite a bit because uh, we're nerds. She seems to be a nerd. I don't say <laughs> nothing, though. I'm the nerdiest of the nerds. Right? <laughs> Alrighty. So have a good <laughs> week, and we'll talk to you later.